question from Judgment. Oh no, that's all okay. I'm an open book. So what he says is, I have a question, but it's uh, kind of personal, so I don't. So I hope you don't mind answering. I was going to ask what made you step away from being a DJ and doing shows. Um, good question. At the time, what made me uh, step away from being a DJ and doing shows is mainly that I just wasn't happy being in that position. Uh, when I was at the highest point in my career, I kind of started experiencing that I just wasn't happy in the place where I was at, like traveling the world, being a DJ, living for my music. I've been working for over 10 years to achieve that. And somehow I didn't feel happy in that position. Um, and then I started going to psychologists and coaches to kind of figure out like, why am I, why am I unhappy in this position? Because all the people around me just could only mention how uh, much of a dream life I was living at that point. Um, and then I just figured out that the whole lifestyle uh, wasn't made for me. You know, like I'm a, I'm a person who thrives well in a position of stability, who thrives well in a position of, um, how do you say that? Like um, living in the same spot, like being at home. I also like to travel, but just not in uh, the amounts that I used to do. So I just wasn't built for the DJ life, you could say. And I never really made, a, I never really thought about that in my whole career. You know, I just started making music because I like doing it. Uh, suddenly I happened to be good at it. I started signing my first songs. Th those songs started to blow up. I became even bigger. And before you know it, you're 10 years ahead in time, playing main stages, traveling the world, and fully depending on your career. And I just never really asked myself the question, like, is this something I want to do for a living? Am I happy in this position? I just never really thought about it. So realizing that, that's what made me step back because I just simply realized I'm not built for this life and I'm I'm not capable of maintaining this life. Um, and that's also why I started the whole coaching program is because I'm focusing on making this a sustainable thing for people because it's a it's a the best profession you can have. You know, living from your music is great, but you do need to make certain decisions to make it suitable for yourself, and that's what makes it sustainable for you. And uh, figuring out what it is to uh, what it is that could make it sustainable sustainable for you. That's kind of what we figure out in the coaching as well. So um, yeah, that's why I do what I do. Thanks for answering. Hope that answers your question. Sansonic has found the chat. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of people, uh, you know, Discord is a new platform to a lot of people, but once you get the hang of it, it's super easy and there's a lot of options here just right now. Like you have the, the Q&A, the stage, you can chat, uh, you can do one-on-one -on -one sessions, uh, you, you can do audio sessions, a lot of options here. And that's why I love the whole platform, but I can imagine that, uh, yeah, that it's a new platform and that it takes time for people to get used to. What's up, Joost? What's up, Renzo? Welcome. If you have a question, feel free to drop it in the chat or simply click that button to raise your hand and I'll pull you up on stage so we can have a conversation. Um, judgment says, 
Yeah, I'm thinking about this a lot too regarding the happiness stability thing. I have a good job outside of music with consistent money, a pension and all the kind of thing, financial security basically. And I've always wondered how it is when you're doing music full time. Like you might have a good summer with lots of bookings, etc. And you have lots of money at once. Do you make sure to put that aside or set up a savings account? That fully depends per person, you know, like it depends on your financial situation. For most artists, especially in the early stages of the career, they need that money to make a living. So you could not make a lot of money during the whole year and then make a lot of money in two or three months, which pays up for the whole year. So you kind of need to get used to that instable income uh, and you need to get used to not spending too much because you're unsure of how much money comes in in the future. Renzo also says them that's something I've been thinking of uh, for a bit as I'm not a big fan of the DJ lifestyle, even though I'm not there yet. It's still something that keeps me up. I can imagine, but it's I think that's because it's something that's not necessarily connected to the DJ lifestyle exclusively, because it also has to do with all the other things in life. It doesn't matter if you're going to be a DJ or if you're going to work for corporate companies or whatever, you really need to think about, does this fit me as a person? You know, um, am, am I kind of built to do these kind of things? If I think about working at Wall Street, for example, um, if, if you listen to the rumors at least, like how it is to work in the financial world with all the stress and the late hours and all those things, to me, that could be a red flag as well, because that's kind of the same thing as being a DJ. You know, uh, it, it has all the, the same elements to me. Well, a lot of the same elements, at least. And I'm not that type of person. You know, I, I, I would do much better working at a shop here in my local town than being that. Um, it's just a matter of being honest to yourself and being OK with how you are, you know, not trying to be a different person and trying to yeah, trying to wrap yourself into that identity of a DJ or that identity of being a Wall Street broker. It's more like embracing who you really are, what you really like, and being okay with it. Um, you might, you guys might know that I talk a lot about authenticity. That also has to do with, you know, like live, show the people who you are and live the life you want to live. It's, it all comes down to knowing who you are as a person. That's just so important. Yo, Phil, what's up? Um, if you have a question, feel free to drop it in the chat or raise your hand by clicking the button and I will try to uh, get you up on stage if you'd like to have a short conversation. Let me see, Renzo's typing. By the way, I really like seeing that, um, I keep seeing the same names in the Discord as well. Like you guys are super active in this uh, community. So thank you for that, I appreciate it. I know it's, it's, it's a young community and we're still building, like it's uh, approximately 500 people, like 470, right, 40, 73, um, which is a lot, but also at the same time, not that big. But I really appreciate you guys being active here and also answering to other people and 
yeah, just know that I see you guys doing this and I appreciate you. So uh, thanks a lot for that. Judgment says, I've only joined Discord last year and it took me a while to figure out, but I've been in some of the really big ones with thousands of members and I get nothing from it. But these smaller ones are, are really tight knit community, much more helpful. I fully agree. And I think that that's also where the trend is going in the upcoming years. Um, small niches, like I think our people are looking for a way to not be like the rest as we always do. And now that will f will lead to uh, people wanting to be part of small niches. So that could be the artist coaching community because let's just admit we are a small community and, and a niche community. Uh, there's not that many artists who think about mental health as well. Um, but it's also a broader, a broader trend because people will also decide to follow weird music trends, like weird music genres, for example. Um, just music genres which not a lot of people listen to, but you don't need that many people to become a fan of you. You know, the thousand true fans concept, which you're, you probably hear me talk about a lot as well um it's a thing you know if you can get a thousand people to fall in love with your music genre even if it's a super weird deep niche kind of genre um there's always people who like it so try to build that niche community and get those people together into one room i do believe that that's where the trend is going for the upcoming years because social media is kind of broken we're kind of tired of building those groups of people um, like a one-size-fits-all, I don't think that's going to work anymore. Um, yes, that's true, Judgment. We also talked about this in the podcast. Uh, by the way, I'm aware that we didn't upload last week, but that was because Ralph was sick and Jay was still on a holiday. So I'm super sorry for the inconsistent start, but we tried to do our best. I'm working on getting a guest tomorrow. Uh, it looks like we're going to have a guest for now. So hopefully it'll work out. So this, this week there will definitely be uh, a new episode with probably Danik as a guest and Ralph, of course. Uh, Renzo says, regarding the DJ life, exactly. Although music has a lot of different branches and types of careers, that's something that gives me a bit of hope. Kind of like making my own way through it that's why i try to be aware of other things besides just the music it's a good point good point and judgment says a good point about the community actually through through this di discord i met sansonic and he's worked on one of my tracks so far and looking to do another one in the future oh nice that's also nice to see that you guys connect and that you guys uh, work together Judgment, are you? Um, would you like to share your story about, uh, yeah, what you sent me last week, privately? I'm not sure if that's already something you are able to share. Oh yeah, for sure. Nice. I can just tell it if you want to. Just let me know. <laughs> it's good it's it's going to take me ages to type okay um i'll tell it to you like last week judgment sent me a private message on the, um on discord i'll just um 
I'll just grab it here. He mentioned, um, there we go. Hey Joey, just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that I got my song signed by Afrojack and premiered on his radio show. Feels kind of full, full circle knowing that your server was one of the first places I joined last year when I started getting back into producing again. And both Max Robinson and Ishvaro th through here. Those guys brought me over the wall one and now here we are. So what he actually mentioned is that um, he got signed at the Afrojack label. Uh, with the help of a lot of community members. So, uh, yeah, as you can imagine, I was pretty proud and happy to hear that. So, uh, congratulations again with that. Renzo, we're hoping to... Uh, he actually just texted me a couple of minutes ago that he just landed because he came back from a tour. And uh, he would let me know with it, with, yeah, within a couple of hours to, if he was able to make it tomorrow. But my guess is that he will. And otherwise it will be just me and Ralph. So that's also fun, at least I'd like to think. Um, but yeah, I thought it was crazy to think that if it wasn't for Joey's server and talking to people, then I would have been given the opportunity. Just shows you. Awesome, hope you me. Yeah, that's the thing, judgment. You never know, especially in the early phases of your career. You have to you have to use all the opportunities you have. Um, I try to mention it to a lot of artists, you know, like try to de dive into those deep, smaller niche communities where you have the, uh, the option to talk and meet uh, other artists out there. But yeah, some of them do it, some of them don't. But as you can see, it can help. You know, it, it might be the, the last push that you need. Um, yeah. Yeah, never know what's around the corner. You're right. You are right. So does ever anyone else have a question left for me to answer? Do I still produce music? No, I don't. I um, I think it has been five years, six, six years. I don't know, a long time. Uh, I think it's six or even seven years ago that I released my last song. I did open up Logic a few times in those years. Uh, I actually even installed all the plugins again last year because I kind of start start feeling like making music again um, but somehow somehow I just didn't uh, come to it yet you know um, I don't know it's, it's just it's just not a not a priority at this point so I'm, I'm not saying I will never make music again but for now it's just not uh, not a priority but who said who, yeah you know what, what you know what I started thinking as well what I would like is to um, if I would get back into music, it would be um, in a duo. 
So it would be with making music with someone else because one thing I've learned from being a music producer for over 10 years in my on my own, it's lonely and it's not fun as well. Like I, I would prefer making music with someone else. I, I made a lot of music with Abster back in the days um, and now looking back from an older age, looking back, back at that time, that was the perfect time. You know, like we made a lot of music together um, and we really... Um, yeah, get, got the, bo- the best out of each other. So I, um, if I look back at it, that was kind of the sweet spot to me. So if I would ever get back into music, I would make music with someone else, um, just just to have more fun. And I think that it's, that it will also help to get a better result, to be honest. Um, Joey, what's your take on AI and music production? Should we invest a lot of time to get to know it now or just produce music? produce and put up music the old school way um well i think you should stay curious and you should keep your eyes open and every now and then when there when there's a plugin that comes along which you think hmm, that could be interesting like um the plugin ralph and i mentioned uh, a few weeks ago um you know what I think of AI, of AI is that it will become an extension of yourself. So it will make things a lot more efficient, a lot more easy. Um, like remaking synths, for example, or um, maybe uh, extrapolating acapellas from songs or like all those simple things that you that, that could save you a lot of time. I think that that's where AI comes in. All the other stuff for now, I'm not so sure if that really will put through because eventually I do still believe that the human aspect of, of life and music as well is still too important and we still appreciate it a lot. Um, so if you can use AI for efficiency in your, let's say, business, I would say definitely do it and, and try to use tools that that add something to your uh, that save you time for example or save you money but that's it for now like i think it's too early to say how that will develop uh, in the future do you think you feel some pressure about making music from you earlier from your earliest days to be successful with it again no definitely not uh, i really don't care about what other people think of it at this point if i would ever get back into music it would be solely to have fun and um that's it you know that that, that's the only thing that matters at this point i think there will be if if it ever might become successful again it will become uh, hard to um at at least i think it will become hard to to cancel out the opinions of all the other people um but yeah that's for now, the, the main thing would definitely just be fun. Renzo says, something I wanted to ask is this. I've been making progressive house, the main stage kind like Nicky Romero or Martin Garrix, but I feel like with that genre, it's a bit difficult to break through. Would it make sense to switch genres? Even though the genre is the one I truly enjoy making. Oh yeah, sometimes being in the duo is when, yeah. Um, well, that it, it's that last sentence you said that kind of is the answer. You know, if this is the genre you truly enjoy making, then why would you switch? You know, the only reason why you would switch is because other people, um, or at least the people you are focusing on, are not um, into your genre. And that's okay. But 
if you think about it, like if you look at Blaster Jacks, for example, or Hartwell or whatever, or Martin Garrix or Nicky Romero, they also have an audience. They also have arenas full of people who enjoy this kind of music. So it's not like there's not a crowd. You might just not have reached them yet. And you need to keep working to reach that people. But there's always a crowd. There's always an audience that um, will resonate with your sound. And I think that the, the dumbest thing you can do is making music that you don't like making because that's just not sustainable at all. As long as you make music that you want to make yourself, you can keep doing it into eternity. And um, yeah, that's the long-term plan. Phil asks, since we are talking about AI, does anyone know a tool or create cover for a release? Yeah, you can use ChatGPT4, uh, which has included Dolly, and you can use that um, to create album covers as well. I actually had a client today who made his own album cover using ChatGPT as well. It was pretty insane. So um, you can use ChatGPT4. That is the payment, the paid version. Um, but yeah, that works, uh, works well. Um, let's see. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing out something. Yeah. Renzo says, I feel like I'm missing out on something by making that genre, but thank you for the reassurance. You know, and that's that's the trick with, which lures you into the deep hole, as in you have FOMO, you know, you see all those people around you uh, pivoting and going to other genres, but they all play the short game. You know, they, they, they will always keep uh, pivoting to other genres because they, because they, they chase trends. That's not a long-term plan. You know, if you look at um, Chesto, for example, like, yes, he pivoted a couple of times in his career, but he became big by being consistent with one genre, which is trends. Same with Hartwell. He became big because he was consistent with what he did. Same with Martin Garrix. Like, same with Nicky Romero. All those um, well-known artists became big because they were consistent with what they've been doing. And they've been doing it well for a long period of time. And then once you become successful, that's when you can start thinking about pivoting or um, uh, like trying different things out because you already have the audience. But you first need to make sure that you have an audience. You need to build that audience. And that's what you do by being consistent with your genre. Hello, him. Uh, hey, Joey, I'm curious, at what point can an artist become full-time in music? For example, if someone signs to a label like Spinning and gets a few releases, some of which do really well, is it realistic to start getting bookings at that point? How much on average does a new artist in this position get paid for a booking? Good question. Uh, and I think um, this is a question a lot of people might be interested in. At this point in time, just having a couple of releases on Spinning um, could be enough, you know, it really depends on how the tracks land, but overall you really need more than that. Um, because at this point in time, there just, there just are way too many artists who have releases on Spinning, on Revealed, on all those labels, and still not get booked. The reason for that is most artists don't have a brand. They do have releases on a lot of those labels, but they don't have social appearances. So which means that if an event organizer is going to host an event and they're looking for artists, they want to find an artist who's able to sell tickets. And 
if your music's performing well, but no one's really interested in you as a brand or follows you on social media, chances of you selling any tickets are pretty small as well. Um, so having a lot of releases on big labels is important, but I don't think it's enough these days to get like a decent income from it, um, especially because the labels take a big cut from your income as well. Um, and bookings are just not automatically coming in when you just get signed by spinning. Um, Renzo says, yeah, and it just happens to be that those artists are the ones that I follow the most. Uh, I don't really like the artists that make tracks in completely different charms and swipes. Yeah, true. Yo says, I would say that trends in music and genres are the way of communicating your message. What you are trying to say is most important, I would say. All artists can can change style, or all artists change style to adjust the current trend. Some more than others, in my opinion. True? Um, Renzo says, seems like crushing it on TikTok is the only way. Well, it's the only way um, if you want to do it quickly, to be honest. I'm more of a fan to build a, a fundamental, like a strong fundament over time. So I'm a bigger fan of having consistent growth than having exponential growth. Um, because exponential growth most of the time isn't really sustainable in the long term. Um, you're simply not prepared for what's to come. Your brand's not ready. You're not ready. No one's ready. You don't have a team. While if you build your brand consistently, which is the most boring way, by the way, for most people, you will be prepared when you hit that hit record or when you will do like a world tour or whatever, because you've been doing it for years. So um, I'm more of a fan to not necessarily focus on TikTok or going viral or whatever, but focusing on what you like to do, like making the music you want to make, posting the content you like to post and not jumping on every TikTok trend that you see. Um, because building something consistently will give you a compound effect and in the long term that's that's the, the strongest thing you can do how did you get sound to labels like spinning revealed back in the day um revealed i got signed to that because um hardware was playing a lot of my songs back then he was supporting a lot of my songs and when he started with Revealed, um, at the early start of it, I, I just sent him uh, a couple of tracks and he signed one of them at that time, which was, I think that was Kiwi Stick. I think that's the one of the first releases on Revealed. And after that came a few others and same with Spinning, like um, I know a few guys who worked there uh, and a lot of other artists were already supporting my songs. So I had an easy uh, entrance into that label. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it comes down to network and it comes down to having the right song at the right moment. Because even having the right network doesn't mean that your song instantly gets signed with any label. You know, I, I still got a lot of no's at that point. Yeah, Moonster as well. That was the, the collaboration with Hartwell, but that was the, I think that was the third or fourth release for me on Revealed. That came a lot later. The first one was Kiwi Stick. It's not my most famous song, but if you Google it, you'll find it. Wait, let me look it up for you. I'll, I'll throw it into the into the chat. 
it's actually a whole story behind it. Uh, I think that the teaser is even... Yeah, the teaser is still here. 11 years ago. Holy shit. 11 years ago. Here you go. This is the, the teaser of that song. This is actually in my old uh, bedroom where that has been recorded. Um, yeah, the music needs to be on point. Um, but networking is key. And at the same time, your 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 brand should also be on point. But even because even if you have the best music out there, if you have no social fundament, if you don't have any reach or whatever, chances are just going to be really small that a label signs you because they, they need that fundament of a following at this point in time. You haven't aged a bit. Well, it's, it's because you don't see my... How do you say that? Like my uh, rimples. Wait. My wrinkles. Crow's feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm 35 right now. And back then, I guess I was 24, 23-ish. If you, if you also look at the way how that video is being recorded, by the way, back then I was already thinking about branding a lot. So um, being consistent with how you put out your videos, using the same logo and the same themes. Um, yeah. Has to do a lot with, with building a brand. There's also, if you look at it, like there's also make a... Um, from Munster, there's also, yeah, this one, Studio Teaser. 270,000 views for a teaser. Um, yes, there is a story behind the title Kiwi Stick. Um, I'm not sure if it's in the teaser, uh, but I, I did, I do remember a post that I ever did about it. I made like a strip, a comic book out of the story. Um, and the story was, if I remember correctly, that, uh, which was like a true story, by the way, that there used to be a USB stick in my uh, fruit bowl. It was just laying there and there was like a, a kiwi completely rotten over it. And um, I believe the, the, the demo of the song, like the first star, the melody or whatever, was, was on that stick. So I think that that's why... Um, why it's called Kiwi Stick. Uh, did you work with Hartwell in the studio? Yes, I did. Uh, we don't live, uh, we live quite close to each other. It's like a 25 minutes drive. Um, and I, I still remember that when I sent him the song, uh, I was stuck in the uh, on the yeah on the break. I had a drop, and that's the one you know in the song. I had a drop. I was just stuck on the break of the song, and I couldn't figure out how to make a break. And I sent it to him, asking him like, "Hey, do you have any idea on how I can fix this break or how I can make it better?" And then he instantly called me back, um, and he just said like, "You know what? I have a, I have a great idea. I already made like a melody." And then he already showed me on the phone like, "Hey, listen to this," and I'm like, "Oh shit, this actually." Like in that classic Hardwell sound, I was like, oh shit, this fits well. And then he said like, you know what, I'm going to work on it right now. Uh, it'll be finished by the end of the day. And then we can meet tomorrow and finish the track together. And I was like, okay. 
And that's how it went, you know. He finished the break that day, and the, the day after, I went to his home when it, when, he, when he was still living with his parents. Um, yeah, and we just finished the whole track in that day, like connected his, his break to my drop and kind of changed a few things here and there, and that's it, you know. The, the track was uh, was done. So um, that was fun. If you send a track into the promo email of a DJ and the DJ likes it, is it a good idea to ask for support on the record? Or does support only mean that the DJ played the track at a show? Wait, promo to the DJ and DJ likes it. Do you mean with liking it like a thumbs up? Or I think that's what you mean. Like that that, 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 that DJ clicks like on SoundCloud or whatever. Or does support only mean that the DJ played the track at a show, radio show? Yeah, supports mean that um, the the artist plays your song in a radio show or a live show or whatever. But um, simply having a like on SoundCloud is not enough, I would say, to say it's supported. Um, I think sending in a track to lay with support. Yeah, if you if you have support in your track, that's kind of your best unique selling points that you can have towards a label. Um, yeah, because that already is kind of like a proof of work. So it's already proven that it works and that a lot of people um, are ambassadors of that song. So that's one of the best ways to, uh, to get your track signed. Uh, another one I had in mind I got a few tracks on the official protocol recordings and Nicky Romero playlist does that count as supported? I don't think so yeah I think it does you know like eventually he curates the songs he curates the playlist yeah I think that I would I would count that as support yeah definitely did you know hardware for a long time before you got to work together? Uh, yes I did I can't really recall how that whole relationship started uh, and or how long it took before Moonster, but we we were in contact. I had his number in some kind of way. Like, I'm not sure how that went. I might be able to look that back, maybe through email or whatever. I don't know how that happened, but uh, I, I do know that we knew each other before because he supported a lot of my songs as well. Um, so yeah, that was the connection. Um, you can check if your song has been played by going on 1001tracklist.com yeah exactly that's where you can check if someone played your song and uh, then it's supported your rights judgment him for example if you send a track to a promo mail and the DJ replies saying the track's really cool does that kind of support yeah that's a great area to me you know on the one hand, yes, it's support, but I would still go for the actual support, which is being played in a live show or, a, or, or like a radio show or something. Like actual support, that's, uh, yeah, that would be the, the go-to one to me. <laughs> Damn, that boosts my ego a bit, says Renzo. Yeah, it does, but yeah, you... you uh, <sighs> There you go. So Renzo got support by Nikki, right? <laughs> Happy to find that out here. Yeah, protocol recordings. Nice, congratulations. Mm -hmm. 
do the bigger DJs get paid to play promo sent by record labels? Um, not that I'm aware of. As in, um, no, not that I'm aware of. Like most DJs always want to um, decide what they play themselves. I, I've never seen anyone get paid to play a promo. It might come in handy, you know, like for example, if you have your own label, so Hardwell, for example, it makes sense to play songs from Revealed in your radio sh show simply because it's it's a great promotion, a great promotional tool. Um, but I've never seen anyone getting paid for it. Maybe there's a few people out there now with fake followers who are asking producers to pay them. Yeah, that's just shady, man. Like, if if you don't really know who the person is, or if it's a little bit questionable on how they came so big with, let's say, a lot of followers, I would always look at the amount of uh, engagement, what type of engagement they get. Like, is is their brand really a brand, or is it just fake followers and stuff? It's a big problem these days. But it, uh, as soon as someone starts asking you to pay them to yeah, to play their song, I, I think that's really shady. I would stay uh, away from that. Yeah, exactly. If they have 120k followers and three likes on a post, then that's a sign. You know, that's a red flag. Yeah, especially with AI bots, uh, those things are crazy. And I think it's even going to get crazier in the near future. Um, I think it's going to get real crazy before things really break. But yeah. That's just the way how it is at this point. It's the reality we live in. So everyone, um, I really like doing this and I like the um, energy in the room. I like the fact that you are so active here and talk to each other and ask and, and ask questions and stuff. I really like doing this. As I said, it's, uh, it's going to be a bi-weekly thing. So uh, every two weeks on a Tuesday, um, you can already RSVP on the next event. Let me see if it's already here. Oh yeah, I can, wait. I can share it here. You can already RSVP there. Um, yeah, and as always, I will be active in the, the Discord anyway. So if there's anything else along the week or whatever during the week, just feel free to reach out to me. You can do that in the general chat. Um, you can send me a private message, whatever you prefer. I'm active here all week long, so I'm happy to help you.